Hi, I'm Sean L. McCarthy, founding editor of the Comics Comic, found wherever you can type the Comics Comic into your electronic devices. Welcome to Last Things First, the show that asks comedians about the historic lasts and firsts in their lives as their comedy careers have blossomed, from young people's dreams to adult people living those dreams, or still dreaming. Questions both big and small are asked and answered. It's hopefully both amusing and illuminating. Comedic actors Jonathan Braylock, Jarrah Milligan, and James III host their own podcast, Black Man Can't Jump in Hollywood, examining the problems of racial diversity in show business through reviewing movies of the past which featured actors of color. They also have first-hand experience with the topic. In 2014, they became part of the first all-black house team at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in New York City. Their comedy troupe, Astronomy Club, was named one of Comedy Central's comics to watch in 2016 and produced a digital sketch series for Comedy Central in 2018. In December 2019, Astronomy Club debuted a six-episode series on Netflix with executive producer Kenya Barris and showrunner Daniel Powell. I sat down with Jonathan, Jarrah, and James in North Hollywood in February 2020, back when they still thought they were participating in a regular pilot season, to talk about how some things had changed whilst others hadn't. So let's get to it! Like getting hit and then running down the street. I was like, you know, <laughs> I just saw James with a tape <laughs> measure out. What you doing? Oh, uh, checking my height. Awkward <laughs> <laughs> life. All right, so I'm here with Gerard, uh, Jonathan, and James from Astronomy Club. Yep. And um, we're just talking about the fact that you guys are all auditioning for different parts for the same project. Yeah. Is that is that a sign that whoever wrote this and is casting this watched your sketch series <laughs> on Netflix and actually took notes and was like, yeah, we can, we can make some progress. The, the person who actually wrote it, we know personally. And I think because he is a black dude in the comedy scene, he knows that black people come in different types. Mm-hmm. So we could have four different black guys on the show and have four different types of human beings on the show, which is really, really cool. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't think he based these <laughs> off of us, but because because they made, he made yeah four black male characters who are all completely different. Mm-hmm. It's so, so fun, man. There was actually an opportunity to differentiate between the three of us, even though in the past we've all auditioned for the same role, even though we are very different people. <laughs> Both like, look at like just physically looking and right. also. Yeah. Personality wise. And sometimes like it will happen where there might we might be auditioning for the same project and there are like two roles that are different. <laughs> but this is the first time that that literally in, in the five, six years we've been working <laughs> together, all three of us have a different role that we're working on for the same project. It's just it's it is, unheard it is of. insane. It's unheard of. We, <laughs> well, you know we're coming we're coming fresh off of award season where you know, they talk about the fact that representation matters, and now, so I guess this is kind of an example of, of why why that's true. Yeah, listen, I'm here for it. It's just funny because it, it shouldn't be so shocking mm-hmm. that this is the first time this has ever happened. Like, it's just like, this is a very weird feeling where I feel giddy knowing that, oh, all three of us can get a callback, and then we're not against each other right. in that callback. So right. it's like you already root for each other, but now it's like, oh, you can legitimately root for each other because you could be on a TV show together 
Like, that is something that I just never even imagined. What's weird for me is it's not shocking that this is the first time that has happened. It's shocking that it has happened. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm shocked to that. Like, this, we've you, arrived you never at this point. You <laughs> <laughs> had no... I, I I didn't I just didn't see it I just didn't see I, it I didn't, being a possibility I didn't I mean honestly I kind of agree like I didn't think about it when 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 we first texted about it and James said he had a different part than I had mm-hmm. I was like oh that's weird but then when I read it I was like oh John has to audition for this part Anthony and when he got it I'm like oh snap someone is literally showing that like you could have the one person from the hood who is smart but mm-hmm. like looks over you have the one person who is really smart who gets called white. You have the hopeless romantic, and those can be black people. And then we also have another uh, black guy on the show, and a black woman on the show who is like probably more raunchier than any of the dudes on the show. Like that is right. something that's so fun and cool. And I think when I read the script, there's only no one ever references race. Like it's never like a black thing that happens in it. I think they say the N word once in the script, which I laughed. I'm like you can't say the N word on Fox. <laughs> they can bleep it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Good point. They can bleep it. So I was like, it's so fun because to me, especially because I think this is a, I think it's a Fox show, but when you think about like the oh, old days. NBC. Oh, NBC? Yeah. Oh, because it's funny because like back in the day, I was thinking, you know, you did have TV shows that had black people on it. Like mm-hmm. Fox had Martin. Um, uh, you had, you know, Latinos, you had John Leguizamo show. Then you had the UPN. Then you had, you know, Living Single. You had mm-hmm. so many options yeah, for people to come. You had everybody. And then the early Fresh 2000s. Prince was on NBC. Oh, yeah, NBC. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Fresh Prince. And then they just went away <laughs> one day. Right, that's why like 2019 seemed, seemed like such a refreshing uh, coming back mm-hmm. into progress right. with both you guys with Astronomy Club and Kenya mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. shepherding that to Netflix and then Issa Rae getting Black Lady Sketch Show on HBO. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you needed those people to, to make those things happen, right? Right, which is how it always happens. and that's But that's the problem was that there weren't enough it's like a. It feels like trickle. It's like trickle down. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. Trickle down television, where it's like if you don't have enough people on the top uh, to get you in, then like all that well is going to dry up. So you know, I mean, think about how many shows Judd Apatow launched or movies or careers that he helped helped launch. Um, but and you know, it's not. It's not. Uh, it's not a problem necessarily that he wasn't looking at that he was looking out for people that looked or like reminded him of himself that's mm-hmm. just kind of natural but because there weren't lanes and opportunities for people of color and and, and you know minorities and and all that stuff then you had this thing where you know people weren't giving chan- weren't getting chances and now you do because you have yeah. Somebody, an executive producer like a Kenya Barris and Issa Rae, Jordan Peele. You know, you mentioned trickle down, but yeah. as as you guys know even more than I know, it it has to start from the bottom coming up. Mm-hmm. Like if there's not, right. if the UCB doesn't have black people on its teams, where where are the where are the performers to be seen by the right. casting agents? I mean, if you're a person of color, you're probably you. If you're a person of color who has made it and people know your name, mm-hmm. you've probably done so much work. Like, I think about Issa Rae. People never really talk about it, but uh, Insecure sat at HBO for three years in development. Like, for three solid years. And then when it came out, it was just a hit because it was the first time we had seen a black woman lead a TV show like that, you know? Uh, and then when you think about Kenya, <clears throat> I mean, Kenya had 
Blackish but Kenya wrote on a bunch of shows. Right. Kenya had a bunch of shows that never got picked up. And then when Blackish hit, we love him now and know Blackish, but Blackish has been on since when did we live together? Was that four or five mm-hmm. years ago? Mm-hmm. So it's been on for so long that the amount of work that they've had to do is compared to some of their white counterparts. I know I've bought, <laughs> I think in our personal lives we brought it up, like we've had people who are, are um uh, who've come on the same level as us, but somehow have gotten different chances than we've gotten. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm like, how did that person get that? And it's like, ah, I don't want to say it's because of race, but I do think as a person of color, you have to prove you can do the job. Whereas mm-hmm. if you're white, people expect and trust that you can do it. And both in both Issa and Kenya needed Larry Wilmore. Yep. Oh yeah, both of them had Larry Wilmore. Yeah. <laughs> so wow, I forgot about that. But you know, going back to the very beginning of Astronomy Club, like. What were you? What were your guys' individual paths before you eventually found each other? Ooh, mm. wants to start, James? We all just looked at Because James is from Ohio. Yeah, probably. <laughs> he came the furthest. Uh, I before Astronomy Club, it was like uh, I was like a heavy theater actor and um, like was going back and forth between like whether or not I should get into comedy or not. Like the, the, the plan, I am from Ohio and the plan when I moved to New York was to like do comedy and do theater at the same time. But comedy took, it took years to get into it. Um, while at UCB, uh, it w- there, uh, there weren't a lot of like people in the classes that I was in, but I, I was like around a, a, mm. a few. I, I saw a couple um, and it felt like I like, seeing the teams and stuff, I was like, oh yeah, there could be more. There was always one black person on any given team. It felt like, yeah, there should, there could be more. There should be more <laughs> than that. That was, I mean, that's the, <laughs> that's the, the gist of <laughs> your journey. Right. Yeah. Of what I was, of what yeah. I was doing. I studied, uh, a theater at NYU. Oh, uh, here we go. I know we School of the Arts. Are we talking names? We talking Stella Adler Studio. But, and then I actually got into comedy with my friend Rami Youssef, um, who... Uh, Golden Globe award winner. Gold, gold, yes. Excuse me. <clears throat> Golden Globe winner Rami Youssef. <laughs> <laughs> who, uh, we both went to the same high school and we started comedy together. So you're um, a Jersey kid? So, yeah. I, I was born in New York, but and then I kind of grew up in Jersey. Uh-huh. Um, and we started doing, like, sketch together and got rep through that. And, like, we're kind of, like, like in... Like, we're doing a lot of shows at the pit. Like, did some shows at UCB, but couldn't really, like, break in. And then we were like, well, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> and then we were doing a lot of festivals and things like that. And... He booked this like Nick, Nick at Night show called See That Run with Scott Baio. Um, and that's when I started doing like stand up and like sketch, other, other sketch and improv stuff. And I think that's when I hooked up with the Astronomy Club. Had you not done stand up before then? Barely. Like, I had tried it a couple times, but I really started getting to stand up once Rami got that show, which was like 2012. So mm-hmm. a little yeah, long time yeah. Ago. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Damn. And you're I, I, like, I, I, I graduated college and came straight to L.A., actually. And I was here for, like, a year, but then I got so broke. Because, like, I didn't, like, I didn't know where to live. So I lived in Reseda, which is so far out. So I couldn't even have money for, like, gas. Like, my roommate was like, oh, man, my family's near, my family's uh, near Reseda. Let's just move to Reseda. So I didn't know. So I ended up moving to New York. And I started doing, like, the struggling actor thing, like, taking every class and paying for all those, um... 
agent and uh, casting director classes. Mm-hmm. And then I think I had, when I was in LA, I had studied at the Groundlings and I Googled it in New York and it wasn't in New York, but they had right. UCB, which was in both places. So I went to UCB, met Sean Tane, who was one of our teammates at a diversity meetup. The only black person I knew, honestly, was Phil Jackson. And that's only because I was an intern and he always made sure to say something like, hi, who are you? Where you come from? Like that kind of stuff. And then I was about to quit. And then literally my last day um, working on this Sunday show, Indie Cage Match, I ran into Shantae. He told me this dude, James, was trying to do like a black uh, practice group to maybe audition together. And I was like, all right, man, um, whatever. And I went and that's how I met everybody. Because I had never seen any of these people before. Like, I think I saw Keisha on stage at Doppelganger. Um, him, I think I may have saw Ray once. Never saw Mo. I don't think I ever saw Caroline or James. Or, yeah. So, until that first practice, I didn't see anybody. We right. never saw him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I mentioned, I'm, you know, I'm going to be talking to Keisha a little later. And I've known Keisha longer than any of you guys. Um... From Doppelganger. Right. But I also remember in between Doppelganger and Astronomy Club, she was actually somehow like the diversity person. Yeah, 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 yes, yes, she, she was. My, she gave me my, my diversity scholarship. Yeah, or, right. I mean, I. Same here, I applied. Yeah, I interviewed team. with her and Eric tonight. I never interviewed. I never got an interview. Oh, yeah, I think they eventually dropped that. But the first, I feel like, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I, they, I, they, I, they I, definitely, I definitely did interview. I don't even know if they dropped it. I feel like I they, they definitely I feel like did. They just do it sometimes. And it, they always said it's like there's no rhyme or reason to what the oh, to, to who they interview and mm. who they don't. And I don't know if they still if they still do it or not. But like it's just a yeah. I, don't I think it was 2010 when I applied for it, and I feel like it was fairly new. And I had <laughs> met Keisha from that. That's how I met her. And I told her, and I was like telling her about all the stuff Rami and I were doing. And at the time, Rami and I had a show called "What Color People Say in Private." <laughs> And when I told her that was the title of the show, she was like, I, I, you guys need to perform on my show. <laughs> okay. That's dope. Because she had, uh, she was doing the glow. Soul glow? Soul glow. Mm-hmm. Soul glow. She had just started doing that. That was before it was at UCB. She was just, do, her and some other people were doing around. And I think I met, I think that's when I first met Ray, because I feel like, I think at that time, Ray was in Nobody's Token that Keisha was also in with like Lucas Hazlitt and... Rob King and some other folks. Uh, Julia. Uh, Morales. These are names that nobody knows. Except for the improv. Deep in improv. Deep in improv. Lucas Hatton. Julia. Oh, man. Yeah. But anyway. So who actually put Astronomy Club together? It wasn't. It was a a group effort. Mm -hmm. Um, It was James. It was James. It was was my idea to audition as um, as 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 a big super team together Mm -hmm. as an all black team. Um, And like in the early talk, like Julia Morat, some of those names you said like were part of like people Mm -hmm. we were talking to. And then like it took you know over. Over several emails and conversations, it eventually landed on the group that it that it is now. And it, but it took we like we had like one practice the year before we got together to actually audition, and then that year we I think we practiced for two or three months before yeah. before going into the audition. The, but, the, yeah. the, the core group. Of, but okay. also, I think it was like a I don't know if it was 
somebody on the team would be Chelsea Clark who was coaching us but like I remember someone making it uh like a mandate almost to like hang out. So I remember like we used to like I go out with Chelsea. Was it? it was yeah. like, I remember it was like you guys got to eat together. Hang so out. After rehearsal, like you got to hang out. Be friends. Know each other. Yes, <laughs> like you got to know each other. You <laughs> to like each other by the time y'all do it. But it is something that is honestly when I when I talk to teams now, a lot of people don't do that. And now I think the theaters are forcing teams to do like hang out so they can actually like not just practice but know each other. So I think it's important. It's, it builds trust. Even if you don't like some of your teammates, it's like, yeah, I yeah. trust you. You know, like, I trust you. Well, when you look at, at, you know, the great sketch comedy shows of all time on TV, it's like there are always groups that were very cohesive mm-hmm. and spent a lot of time together. And that's why they have the chemistry that they do on screen is because they really do know each other. Did you know what someone's going to do? They feed off of their personalities. Yeah. Yes. Like, okay, this person is, that's who they are in the group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> real. <Jeez>. Amazing. <laughs> I mean, it was a running theme in season one. Yeah. Yeah. Astronomy yeah. has changed, but it's so even funny. though James, you're the one who put, who put the group together. Right. <laughs> you can get yeah. it, but yeah. then you can stay inside, Jim. Yeah, right. <laughs> but also, it's funny. That's only a joke that I felt like was for us at one point, and now to know that the world and other people realize that same joke. Like we had a meeting at Netflix, and I think the marketing team was pitching us stuff. But they started doing the James joke, like, oh, the team would do this, and then we have James do this. And it's just like, y'all don't know him well enough to just take on this joke. We do that joke. How, so how many, how many years were you performing together before you were able to attract interest from the suits? <laughs> well, we were, uh, I think we were performing improv together for two years and we had done a sketch show um, mm-hmm. that ran almost a year by the time Comedy Central was like hey you guys should do our Comics to Watch showcase so we had been together for about two years yeah it was two mm-hmm. years at that point when that happened and then the Comedy Central digital series took about two years <laughs> yeah. from <laughs> from pitch to release I think yeah. exactly two years. If we yeah. from from pitch from to release, pitch to exactly release. Yeah. two years. Yeah. Two years. Mm-hmm. Um, how how were those two years in the meantime? Uh, it was mm. you know it was you frustrating. Think? It was like a lot. It was like a lot of dragging the feet. I mean, like it was the other thing was it was hard. I think truly as funny as everyone is, as funny and talented as everyone is, I feel like our biggest accomplishment was the fact that we stuck together because it was so easy. It would have been so easy for us to be like, this is taking too long. It's too hard. It's too hard. It's too many of us. Everybody has, everybody wants to do their own thing. You know, um, it's like hard to schedule, like, like finding times to write together, to agree on stuff. You know, it was a lot of work to make, to keep everyone together with this hope that, we could potentially get a television show out of it. So yeah, because you realize everyone has a different process. Like I feel like because because it's a group of eight, but then you realize within that group there's almost like different subgroups. Like for instance, like me, John, and James, I talk to them every day, and we work together. But like the way we work is if we have a deadline, we just going to do like we're going to be there all night. Like that's just what it is. If the deadline is tomorrow, we're going to be there till midnight or one and just suck it up. Whereas we have a bigger group. You know, people have different responsibilities, so I think that sometimes will become frustrating. Where it's like, oh, we have to have this done, but someone else might say, I gotta go home. 
I'm tired. And you're like, wait, wait, you can't, you can't be tired. Like, no one cares if you're yeah, tired. We got to do this thing care. to do. Yeah. yeah, so it was always a little thing like that. And I think John is right to stand together because even dealing with suits and dealing with suit notes, I think we all come from a different level of experience of dealing with suits and knowing when to push back, when to like stand up for yourself, when to, you know, all right, I will give you this one, hoping that we get this. Whereas like sometimes in the group, everyone is so excited to have a thing. They would just agree to whatever happens, which may be bad for the content. So So when the sketches finally do start showing up on Comedy Central's YouTube, mm-hmm. is there a sense of, oh yeah, we're making it now? We're Well, uh, that's a good... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say, I mean... N- for me, no. It wasn't like we're making... It was... It was. There was a hope because we... I think we all felt the sketches were great. We were a little annoyed because we actually sh- um, shot three sketches that were ready to go a year prior. Like, they were ready to go in 2017. And Comedy Central decided to hold on to them uh, while we shot three more so that they could release six. Mm-hmm. Um, which took... an like literally another year Mm -hmm. Um, and that was kind of frustrating because we felt our momentum kind of got stagnated a little bit and you know like James Duran and I had had done some digital had done some like Instagram Snapchat series with Comedy Central we did another digital series with Seriously.TV I know Caroline and Keisha had done digital series Mo did a digital series with IFC Mm -hmm. so by the time the digital series came out I think most of the people on the team already had experience with like a digital series um, uh, that was like paid for by a network um, and we definitely loved the videos but we were not it wasn't like oh you know it wasn't as satisfying right, we did it. <laughs> you know it was like okay so now can we get a television show yeah. um, and so we pitched the Comedy Central pretty shortly after and then didn't hear from them for like a month and a half and that and then that was like another period of time where it was like oh my god like yeah. Is this really not going to happen? So it's, I, yeah. the thing that for, for me that uh, that comes up when I think about this, or like that feeling of like feeling like you made, it or, or like the, the amount of time things takes, I, I I know that this is the thing that happens all the time, where people in your life will tell you like, remember to be happy, remember to enjoy yeah. it, remember to sum it up. But like the it's so there's something about working in television and entertainment where like <laughs> you just have to be reminded that things are good sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like yes, yeah, like we were of course we were like excited that the, the <laughs> digital series finally came out, but there's just like this feeling of like we were two two years of like trying to of waiting for it to come. Like is it gonna come out? What yeah. are those other three gonna come out? Like is, is any of it you know uh, uh, and so, like you're sort of constantly reminding yourself, like, oh yeah, these are the these these things are are to be celebrated. They are things. But also, that thing is so hard because, like you said, James, we live we live working in a TV world, so it's like it's hard to be happy because there's no guarantees. And so, when we were doing that, it, the way I always put the relationship with Comedy Central is, it felt like you were dating somebody who liked you, but you knew they weren't. That in love with you, you know, like they were Absolutely. waiting. They were waiting for you. You to were serious, like, and they were casual. Yes, yeah. exactly. Like they, they, they were very, and they yeah. were like they you would text you. them, and they would text you like three days yeah. later. <laughs> so you knew it, and they knew it, but like, but they'd be like, no, I no, like you. Yeah, like they would just drag you along. I think they call it zombieing oh, now. Like you were <laughs> right, not ghosting. Yeah, like I think it's called zombieing. Like they just drag you slowly along, and it's hard because I think <laughs> as people of color, <clears throat> um, it's very hard to get in that spot. 
And it took us a long time. Like like John said, we all had done enough stuff. So it didn't feel like, at least for me, it didn't feel like, oh, finally, I'm so thankful for this. It felt like, no, man, we've done the legwork. We've earned this part of it. But also we kind of always knew there were other all-black groups waiting behind us that Comedy Central was already flirting with and already kind of doing stuff with. So for me, it was it was never really an exciting moment. It felt like, oh, snap, we got to keep ahead because people were trying to get the exact same thing. How how true is it in 2020, like, the old maxim of, like, there can be only one? <sighs> I mean, I, I guess I don't feel like it's true. When, when it comes to non-white performers. <sighs> I don't feel like it's true anymore. Just simply, it's hard to look at last year and say there can be only one because there were... There were three. That said, I think that mentality still lives in some people's heads. Like, you know, we, uh, I know I definitely did, like, read some of the Twitter comments when our show came out. And there were both positive and negative comparisons to other sketch shows. Mm -hmm. Some were super, some were very positive, like, this is awesome, we have all these sketch shows. And then some people were like, oh, this show is better than this other black sketch show, or this show is, is not as good as this other black sketch show. And it was kind of like... Why? Why do you have to compare us? You know what I mean. Like, and also, it would be different if they were just comparing sketch shows. But it wasn't like people were saying like, like nah, like Tim Robbins. I like Tim Robbins and show, or I, I, yeah, this show is much better than Tim Rob. You know, they weren't comparing our sketch show to like white sketch shows. Right. It was very much like, okay, th- where does Black Lady Sketch Show, Sherman Showcase, and Astronomy Club rank? You know, and you're yeah. like, why are you? Why do you have to? You know. You don't have to build one sketch show up, like tear one sketch show down to build another one up. So I do think that mentality exists, but I feel like because there are so many streaming platforms and networks that the idea of like there only being one isn't, you know, I don't know. That's true. Like it is hard because I do think there's more, I think there's more shots, but I do think still if you're not one of the famous people of color, you need a hand from somebody. And I don't think we've gotten to a place where, you know, like I watch some of these shows and all of a sudden, like everybody who was an unknown on this show is now famous. But all of these random ass white people who never had a credit, maybe like a couple one liners here and there, were given the shot. We're mm-hmm. like, I still feel like it is very rare to find a black person who, you know, went to school, came out, auditioned for a thing, got the thing. Usually, if you look at that black person, that black person is probably in their 30s, not their 20s, you know what I mean? And, like, they've done so much small stuff to get the big thing, you know? So, it's hard because I do think we have more shots, but it, I do feel like we in these parts now where, like, we get to audition for the best friend, not the lead yet. Mm-hmm. Unless the show is all black, you know? To me, nothing will change where it's like, if this part was written for a white dude and maybe he had a best friend... A black person is this lead and then also the best friend. And that, that doesn't necessarily make it a black show. Like, we can get to that. And I'm like, we at the table. But I still feel like we're still, you know, we're still walking there. We're still, we're in the building now. You know, like, we're on the elevator to the floor. We just haven't got to the room yet. <laughs> no, we know? pressed the button. Yeah, yeah. Waiting on that. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, we're waiting outside. Just, okay, we about to, net. then we going to go up. Unless you're, unless you're, to be clear, I, I'm on the floor. I'm on the floor. <laughs> 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 Where were you guys collectively or individually uh, at the moment that Kenya showed up? Oh. Uh, so the way that Kenya showed up actually was very serendipitous and, and 
kind of random. It was basically, it basically happened because I went to a show that these guys were performing at and my wife was performing at, uh, Tessa Hirsch, and she... He put that, you see her put that full yeah, name in there? Tessa Claire Hirsch. Tessa Hirsch. Tessa Hirsch. Tessa Claire Hirsch. His wife, his wife, Tessa Claire Hirsch. Okay, sorry. Oh, comedian extraordinaire. Not only one. But she was, um... Uh, she was performing and, and uh, I ran into my friend from and my you Annie Wiseman who at least he didn't say Donald Glover but I was like oh Annie what are you doing and she's like oh I work for uh, I'm here because I work for Kenya Bears' company and we're just kind of like we're looking for sketch then I was like, "What?" <laughs> I was like, "For real?" And she's like, "Yeah." And I was like, "Oh, that's so crazy!" Because uh, my team is about to pitch our sketch show to a bunch of networks out here in a couple of weeks. And she was like, "Wait, what?" And, I was like, <laughs> and then we started talking and we started texting each other. Crazy. And we were like, "Could this happen?" And then, literally, like a week later, we had a meeting with Kenya. I think two days before, yeah, our so pitch crazy. with two Netflix. Days. And he was like, I want in. Um, Had he seen the Comedy Central I think he yes. was yeah, yeah. He, he was in that meeting, and it was so funny because they kept telling us he wasn't going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, then we get there, and they're like, oh, I think they were writing for his show, Black Excellence. So we couldn't go in one of the offices. They're like, oh, we're just meeting Kenya's um, office, which had to be one of the biggest offices. We walk in. My man is on one of those standing computer desks. Like, his face is covered, and you just see somebody just, like, wave because they're on the phone. He gets off the phone and gives us this speech about the state of comedy and, you know, how he feels about it. And then, before we even pitch the show, he goes, no matter what y'all do, I'm in. So, I have to run, but... He's like, yeah, you guys could have a meeting or whatever, but... Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah I'm, I'm like, y'all can... Do you guys want to pitch? Yeah, I was, like, <laughs> I was like, wait, what? That was a lot of stuff, because that, that is... I mean, I remember I bring this up all the times. I remember I used to shade the hell out of Blackish. The, when it first came out, mm-hmm. the name and the poster bothered me. I don't know why. I remember I was still living with James. I remember it's a photo on, which I, I've hidden, actually. <laughs> There's a photo on Facebook of like him at the house watching the pilot. And I was like, watching this trash. And I, remember, I remember like posting the photo and watching it. And then finally seeing it and going, oh, this show isn't about like being black. It's about just being like dealing with the rest of the world while also being black, which I thought was like... For the record, I always loved the title. (laughs) I knew it was going to be good. Did you, John? Did you? you? It's such such an interesting thing, though, to think about. Because, like, the way the show was advertised, it was, like, it was called Black-ish. And Mm -hmm. they were, like, these colorful posters of, like, smiling black people. And, like, if you take that and you put it in a different time... It, there's there's all kinds of kind of there's a, there's a just specific mm-hmm. connotation to it like it's like well, what does this what does this mean you know and then the and then the pilot episode is literally about a guy questioning like what does it mean to me like he's doing all of those things that yeah. like Gerard yeah. was feeling and what I was feeling when I when you see those when you saw those posters at right. first. and it, it was it was brilliant it was such his, a brilliant I remember thing. his last line his <laughs> last line and this is the reason I watched the rest of it because the last line of that pilot was. Um, Today I thought I was just a today I thought I was a black dad, but now I realize I am just a dad. And I was like, cool. Cause then you can just deal with real life stuff and mm-hmm. the confusion of the various. And then we eat as Astronomy Club even redid that poster when we got our weekly show uh, at UCB. So yeah. to do that didn't work with Kenya. It was like this is so random, but so cool at the same yeah. time. Did you end up pitching anywhere else or once you 
We did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We visited a few places. We visited a few places. Okay. Yeah, but Netflix was our top choice. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and he had a, and he had a deal there. there. Yep. He had a right, deal. right. We would have only worked <coughs> with Kenya if we had gone uh, mm, by going to Netflix. Mm. So here's the, not the million dollar question, but something that I've talked with stand-ups about, but I'm curious to know your perspective as, as sketch performers. Netflix puts out so much content. <laughs> oh man! Well, so what was it like when when the show finally came out? Did you feel? I can't answer this one. Did you feel? Uh, I can answer. How, it. Did you feel like, like? Did you feel what part? To me, I will say this. I felt. Again, the, the hard part is, and maybe this is because I'm a single person, so I'm always, I'm always with people and with the understanding that unless someone makes something like truly official, people mm-hmm. are shopping around and seeing other people. So when the show came out, um, uh, a lot of people, at least in those first couple of days, kept saying they couldn't find it on the app uh-huh. uh, when I was searching for it. And so when that happened, for me, all the excitement kind of like went away because it wasn't a thing that the random viewer could just spot. Like it wasn't like you just go in the comedy section and boom, what is this random show? Like I'm a person that I will watch a Netflix show that's in trending or new releases because I think the poster or the trailer looks cool. Mm-hmm. But we didn't get that shot, at least. Yeah. And that kind of... You didn't get the, the Irishman? Oh, man. And the algorithm is a real thing. Like, well, that's I, what I'm curious to know, my, from your perspective. For, for me, it never, it never came up as a, a suggestion for me. The, on, the, on, the only thing that it... And that, I think that has to do with stuff that I watched. The only thing that, I, that, it, that it was... You wouldn't be interested that in watching your own show. show. <laughs> my name is in the show. Suggest it to me, man. It was in Netflix Originals. Uh-huh. It was just in that category for a couple weeks. And then I watched... I, of course, I, of course, watched the show. But I had watched, like, all of Lost in Space. And after I watched that, mm-hmm. it was gone. Like, it didn't even show up as a thing that I would potentially want to watch again. So oh, yeah. it, stopped, it stopped telling me that it was a show that I would want to watch <laughs> mm-hmm. because I had watched this, I guess, you know, this sci-fi show that doesn't feel related to it. Mm. So it's I, not related to it. Even though your show really worked. I'm just saying. Even though your show has astronomy I watched in the one title. Show yeah, like, it has space in it. Yeah, astronomy is in the title. It's space. No, but it's one of the things where like, yeah, John, let you go. It's one of the things where like, it is very exciting because you know, your family, your friends can look it up. They can see you on a, mm-hmm. on a platform that they all know. So that part was cool. And then also, I think the thing that was exciting about it, and like how James was saying, trying to find joy in some of these moments, is that we were uh, technically an improv group who started doing sketch, who got a Netflix show. So at the end of the day, that is a thing that is insane and hard. So like, no matter how much difficulty it was getting people to like know it existed, the fact that it happened was like... And as people of color, like to be truthful, it's like the state did it, um, the UCB four did it. But as far as people of color, we put ourselves together and did that shit. So like that was the really powerful part to me. Uh, but yeah, yeah. no, I, I mean exactly. I mean, my my expectations were pretty much what happened, which was I felt like there's so much content, literally shows. Like, even my like, even Rami's show, like, it took me two months before I watched mm-hmm. that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, it was just that kind of thing of, like, I knew it would be exciting when it first came out to hear it, to get, like, the people who you, who you know who are going to watch it to support you, mm-hmm. get all that feedback, see some of the feedback on Twitter, um, get reviews coming in, 
and then it would go away like after a week because it's Netflix yeah. and you know they release content literally every single week and you know it was awards season so everybody's watching trying to catch up on Oscar movies oh, and it was hard we came Marvel, out Marvelous Miss Maisel came out the same day that we did story like you know some and, heavy hitters came out so it's like <laughs> it was just like you know it's like we're gonna be we're gonna be caught up in the in that shuffle too um you know, so wow. it, it wasn't, it's not the same, uh, as, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think any, sh- I mean, very few shows experience the thing that like a stranger thing, things experience, mm-hmm. you know, there's mm-hmm. not, there's so yeah. little shows that like a collect, a, a, a large collective group of people are talking about it at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that's fun <laughs> is that because it's on Netflix and not on like a regular network is that we will continue to get right. people watching. People can find it like now. there will be people yeah. discovering it in the summer for the first time and yeah. say, why did nobody tell me about this? This show is hilarious. So that is kind of cool because you'll, you'll always have people discovering it. Um, uh, but the, that like, kind of like, oh man, everybody knows who I am is never going to really happen and I never thought it was going to happen. So, yeah. uh, no, you're so, yeah. right. It's just one of those hard things where it is because, you're, I mean, it's one of those things like it's so much stuff happening and I think because people don't even look for black people in sketch to be honest. You know what I mean? So, I think like in comparison to like Black Lady Sketch Show, HBO was so HBO only has what two new shows on per season, or mm-hmm. um, so. Like when you have one of those kind of situations, like oh, I'm watching HBO. They're only going to show the first three shows that are new, and, and it's really right there. Those shows because it's like it's just smaller. Right. Whereas like you know Netflix is servicing so many people, but also they're servicing so many different appetites. And I think that is a hard thing to break through, unless you're one of the shows that. Like, for instance, The Witcher was pitched to me nonstop. And I watched it because no matter... Like, it took me, like, a month. And I was like, well, okay, yeah, fine. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. Don't tell me about yeah, it. Yeah, like, God dang it. But the thing is, like, you need that push if you're mm-hmm. on something like a Netflix unless you're Stranger Things because... But even Stranger Things, I remember, for me, season one, so many people in the comedy community were talking about it. And I finally was like, ugh, let me watch this show because I've heard about it so much. And then, yeah, you heard about that because of word of mouth. But then what's funny, because I, um, I was reading about it, apparently that's what happened to the show. Like, they did push it out a lot, but they didn't put posters up at first. Mm-hmm. So once they started getting a bunch of um, uh, views, then they started putting ads all over the place to capitalize on the word of mouth. And it was like, oh, it almost got a second life once everything else. So hit. what Josh trying to say is that our show <clears throat> didn't get a bunch of people talking about it. <laughs> we got really good reviews. We got really good reviews. Hear me out. What you just did. Hear me out. There's a lot of talk. <laughs> there's a lot of talk right now about HBO uh, for their HBO Max getting right. the, the cast of Friends back together. Okay. Oh okay. yes, I read that. So hear me out. What if you guys did <laughs> Friends but black? <laughs> David Schwimmer already beat you to that. <laughs> he, he pitched that recently. It's so funny because you can get dragged for so much stuff, and I'm like. I know good and well my man had the purest of intentions when he suggested that. Like, I know. Why do you drag on Twitter? <laughs> I was like, come on, man. How dare he suggest that the only thing that we got is the opportunity to <laughs> reboot. Yeah. We got Living Single. I'm like, yeah, you got Living Single. But these are the, name these are the come same on, people who <laughs> champion... Do champion all black reboots? Right. Yes. Yeah. Like, They're like, damn right, you better do it all black. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. my man was just saying, yeah, you should do it now, and it can be all I black. Like, I did too. He, 
But I did like the fact that a lot of people said, hey, uh, you know, <laughs> Astronomy Club already said this. That was really funny. Oh, yeah, true, true, true. Right. I mean, that was cool. Also, I'm not, I'm not a, a huge fan of the all thing reboot. Mm-hmm. Like, like the all black, the all Asian, all women. I'm like, because to me, like, it does, it is cool that those people get those parts, but I think it's something special when the world can just be populated with people of color in it and we're not like, oh, look, this is the black version of this. It's like, no, man, this is just the new rebooted version that happens to have three black people out of the five leads instead of like one black person out of the five. Like, that is a cool thing to start thinking about. Because um, I think no matter what, people will always say like, this is the black version and feel like they're saying it with a, like a little undercut in their mm-hmm. body. You know what I mean? Like, nah. I hate when people do that now. It's like, oh, this is, oh, this is a cool black show. Like, well, you know, people said Blackish was the blackish version of the Cosby show. Yes. Yeah, I did hear that. It was the blackish version of the Cosby show. <laughs> the black version of the Cosby show. That's it. They said the no, that's what they said first. I read that a lot. It was the black version of the Cosby show. <laughs> so, you know. Because because Dre was different. Like, Dre used to, like, the dad I was like, get it. it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just mad. The, the dad was, was more hip. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know? He wears Givenchy. Yeah. So. Man, those, those outfits on that show, Blackish. Good lord. I actually, like, like noticed the wardrobe. I'm like, man, you are wearing $1,000 worth of clothes on this show. Good for you. So, you know, I know, you, you know you've got these auditions now in mm-hmm. pilot season. What's the talk collectively as far as, like, what happens with astronomy? Man, I think we're still it- trying to figure out, like, always doing new things. You know what I mean? I feel like we already... You did a TV show. It's like, all right, what do you do after that TV show? But I do think now we're at a point. Yeah, I mean, the movie would be fun. Like, there's another all-black group, Three Peters, doing a movie. But I think, for me, or for Black Men Can't Jump, at least, like, we already kind of had things we wanted to do. And I think that's kind of, at least what my focus is, is, like, the stuff that we plan on doing. Mm -hmm. Because we were setting that up to stop when the Strongman Club got their show. So I want to, like, try to, like, focus more on that. And I think everybody's trying to... Yeah, I feel like the idea... I mean, who knows? Like, maybe there's more stuff for Astronomy Club further down the line. But I think the idea that a lot of us had was that it, our, us getting a show together would be a jumping off point mm-hmm. to hopefully bigger and better things so that, you know, uh, one day, ten years from now, people will go, like, they all used to be in a group together, mm. you know. Yeah, that'd be crazy. you know, that's kind of like our dream. It's yeah. like everybody's popping off and doing their own thing, and then you have the people who are like, "Yeah, but do you know about astronomy?" Like the sketch <laughs> show, so many people, you know, that would be crazy. <laughs> and then they go to Netflix and they search it, and then they watch and they're like, "How come nobody told me about this?" <laughs> <laughs> it's because the Netflix algorithm yeah. didn't push it. Not a lot of our space. Comedy friends and then it took it, <laughs> talked about it. I know. They took it for granted. Some did. You know what it is? It's got some, some good mentions. Some did mention it. It's just funny because I think a lot of like at least quote unquote celebs talked about the trailer, but then we just needed those same celebs to just like if Ava would have kept talking about the show like she did the trailer, <laughs> or like John Boyega was like, oh, this would have been perfect. <laughs> they only talked about like the first sketch. That we released, and I was like, we need more. So we that was the magical Negro. Yeah, yeah, magical Negro one. Like they all talked about that schedule. Like we needed you to talk about the show. <laughs> but we got good write-ups. I'm proud of that, though. I will say that we did get like pretty good write-ups. Right. Man, we did a damn. We did a damn thing. Well, I look Shoot. forward in uh, in a decade to check back in with you 
if uh, if you're not too famous to yeah, that would be great. To let I know, right? <laughs> I mean, certainly won't be in the same apartment. Oh, no, it, it might be imagined. Might be. Did it? Never know. James say he had a room for recording. Oh like, yeah, he just in his living room. Yeah, he we talked about this before. Hold up, when we walked in, I said we can we can do it down here, or we can or we can go upstairs. Oh, I wasn't even here. Yeah, you know what? This was perfect. So, <laughs> right. Thank you. I think Thank I was noticing all the if new additions. Any sound problem? It's James. <laughs> This episode of the Comics Comic Presents Last Things First was produced by Alex Brazell at Showbiz Studios. The music by Camille Harris and Shockwave, logo by Giggle Chick. Please check out my website, thecomicscomic.com, for more interviews, reviews, and comedy news. Become a paid subscriber at patreon.com. I'm your host, Sean McCarthy. Thanks for listening. Thanks first.